0: us here on the Dingo, another episode here on the Dingo Unchained. I am the Fantasy Dingo. Uh, with me, as always this week, is our New York correspondent, uh, the defending champion of two fantasy football titles, almost a third, just finished all his drafts for this year. Big welcome to Adam Risman.
1: I can't believe it's finally, finally here. This is a Wednesday afternoon, you're probably hearing this on a Thursday, kickoff is probably near hours away for you.
0: Yeah, it's a very exciting time of the year. The is it more exciting now than before the draft, or is it is it is it more exciting before the draft when you've got all that hope, or after the draft, after you've made your decisions about the the players you got for the year?
1: I think that week one is actually the most exciting time of the season. The draft has that build up. You have the entire off season, you're you've gone through eighty seven, in your case, eighty seven hundred mock drafts. <laughs> You've played out every possible scenario, and then in a few hours, it just it just blows by. And then you could probably speak to this a little bit too, but we just finished our third draft last night, and after a while, the draft does start to lose its luster a little bit. You know where everyone's going to go. Yeah. You know how far you have to reach to get guys. But week one, everyone's on an equal playing field. No one typically has torn their ACL yet.
0: It's a good time. Yeah, I I I think we did it the wrong order this year. We started with the with the most exciting draft, which is our thrill league. Uh, big call out to our thrill listeners out there. But the thrill league is the one that we we travelled down to New Orleans. We'll touch on in a second. Then we moved to our auction draft, which was good. A point of difference. And then last night we had our our, our work league, which some of the decisions there in that work league were. Were pretty awful to see. Uh, I think I saw the Seattle defense getting taken in the fourth or fifth round. A kicker went in the sixth round. And when people so start, homer picks. A massive so homer, homer picks, a lot of Detroit picks. Uh, so as soon as you start seeing that stuff, you, you do lose interest in a draft if people aren't – well, they were taking it seriously, but if people are making really bad mistakes.
1: Yeah, the other thing is that is a 10-team league. It's no offense to our many 10-team league listeners out there. I know it could be hard in places like Boise, Idaho, or – and you know, Mississippi to pull together more than ten people to be in a league. Well, more than ten uh, people who can count to ten, or two people can count to ten, or have ten teams. But a ten-team league, particularly after you've done deeper drafts of twelve and fourteen teams, there's there's just so much depth and a wealth of talent there that you're really picking picking for preference and not not for need. I feel like there's less strategy there.
0: Although I gotta tell you, like I'm looking at my team that I picked last night, uh, in this ten-team league, uh, I I went a little off the off the reservation in the in the later rounds. I picked up three big-time rookie wide receivers. I took Sammy Watkins, Brandon Cooks, and uh, and uh, Kelvin Benjamin. And so you've got a very deep roster there on your on your bench. You do have the problem though each week of working out who you should start. Which is a different problem to having in these in these twelve and fourteen team leagues where you're trying to really work that waiver wire and try and expose some people. So there are there are interesting little little quips to the ten team league, but certainly the twelve and fourteen team, the deeper the league, the more exciting it is. Now, Adam, I wanted to get your take on the on the different drafts that we've had, in particular the teams that you've drafted and the teams that I've drafted. If we can just have a, a bit of a recap of those, I don't necessarily need to know who you drafted, but I am curious about your experiences, what you think you did well, and what you think you you might have uh, fucked up.
1: You know, uh, my, so two of my drafts were your standard snake draft, one option, and with both snake drafts, I landed in the four or five slots. So those teams, at least in the early rounds or unpredictable picks were made, seemed to be pretty consistent across the board. I think that we talked about these things many of our pre draft warm-up podcasts, but the amount of depth at QB and, equivalently, the lack of depth at tight end, I think were even more intense than I anticipated. Yeah. I was able to snag Philip Rivers in a 14-team auction league in one of, I think, the 12th round of auction nominations. It was absurd. On the flip side of that, in the snake drafts, the tight ends just start flying off the board, particularly in round four. And I had Greg Olson. I felt pretty confidently I was going to be able to nab him in the fifth round after, you know, 100 mock drafts. Consistently, he was there at the exact place I wanted him. And he got snagged early. I got Kyle Rudolph, who I think I think has a lot of upside, but mm-hmm. on a week-to-week basis is not going to be as consistent as Olson. So that was a little bit disappointing. Yeah. And lastly – there's, I'm sure you've done this as well. I've, I've done a pretty detailed lay of the land looking at all the other rosters in my leagues. And the flex field is a lot different this year. There's a lot of wide receivers penciled in because so many running backs, like MJD, for instance, the guys that are in, uh, in Indianapolis, Trent Richardson, who's fallen off. There, there's a lot of guys that were really valued this time last year, McFadden, Frank Gore that no one really wants to touch. They're either too old, coming off injury, or they've blown through their chances of being a stud fantasy performer. And so a lot of people opted with three, going three wide receivers as the majority of their skill position
0: core. Not yeah. surprising. me. I, uh, I was interested in especially people. I picked up Frank Gore in a couple of leagues. I don't think he's going to fall off the cliff anywhere near the amount that people are uh, predicting he might do. Um, but I agree people like Trent Richardson, you wouldn't want to rely on as your second running back, uh, running backs went early again, um, which was, which was something which we were obviously knowing would happen. Uh, but you know, got to the third and fourth round and you, you were really struggling to pick up a, a solid second running back. If you hadn't, if you hadn't taken two already, the one that I'm really worried about in my, in the, the 12 team, uh, snake draft league, the thrill league is, uh, Toby Gerhardt as my second running back. Uh, you know, I I I think he's a solid performer. I looked at a lot of video on him before I drafted him, and uh, just to get to come to terms with whether or not I could draft that guy, uh, the breakout. Uh, this
1: video was this video from Stanford days. No,
0: no, this is from his Vikings days. He had a couple of great runs last year. I know he's coming in as a backup, but he had one, he tore off one great forty-yard uh, touchdown last year when he came in when Peterson got hurt. I think in one of the snow games. Um, so he he does have some speed. He's dependable. You are relying on a Jag, though, which last year worried me a lot. But, Adam, I don't know if about how you feel, but I feel this could be the season for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think they are they are surging. Jags are rising right now.
1: I I don't want to go too hard on your Toby Gerhardt pickup as your RB2, but I will say in all three of my leagues, I have snagged as the last pick of the draft or an immediate waiver wire pickup after the draft. The Eagles' defense, which is a business, <laughs> but hosting the Jaguars on Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern. So I don't see Toby Gerhardt having a good start to this year. Maybe
0: in week two. Uh, I, I think he could do okay. I, I think he's going to grind. It's not going to be pretty to watch. I'll tell you that. Uh, but if they get anywhere near the goal line somehow, some way, with Chad Henny at the helm there, maybe they're maybe they're gonna have a better passing game at the beginning of last year. But uh, if they get anywhere near that goal line, they're gonna be giving it to Toby and saying, Toby, ram this one in, baby. He only has to do that a couple of times and you've got you've got your ten points for the week.
1: I will say this, Toby went to Stanford. We know based on what Richard Sherman says about other Stanford grads, they're smart people.
0: They are smart and people. And
1: if he's if he's three feet away from the goal line, he knows the fall forward.
0: It's so Both. true. It's so true. Uh, tell us about. I'm talk, thinking about other things that went well and what went poorly in your draft. I can tell you down in New Orleans, if anyone's been down there, uh, what went well were the hurricanes and the Bud Lights. They went down very well. The hand grenade, I would steer clear of. I don't know how your feelings are about that, Adam, but that's certainly pre-draft or even post-draft a drink that I would say well clear of down in the Big Easy.
1: I I think that every week should aspire. Do a destination draft. I can't recommend it highly enough. In fact, our league that just got back to New Orleans, we to say, we've preached taking the season one week at a time, but we already have a poll up on where to have the 2015 draft. <laughs> I think Puerto Rico is winning, but New Orleans will, will always be, you always remember your first, and you won't remember anything that happens after you have two hand grenades.
0: <laughs> I, uh, I think uh, Kansas City might make a late, a late fly there. Come up in some record. Oklahoma Joe's Barbecue. Oklahoma Joe's okay. Barbecue. Good good friend of the Dingoes. Now, uh, let's move on, Adam, to our storylines of the week. Uh, what's coming up in, in the fantasy football world? I had one here that I thought was quite interesting. Uh, Gronk declaring himself fit on, I believe it was Monday. And then Bill Belichick coming out and saying, not so fast, young Gronk. I'll decide when you're fit and whether you're fit to play. So he is still not – I wouldn't call him in doubt for week one – but it looks like he's he's not as certain as he as he first thought he would be.
1: Can we throw the questionable label at Gronk?
0: Definitely questionable. Although his behavior is always questionable. Um,
1: so the Patriots the Patriots play. Look at the schedule now. They're one o'clock game.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Do you do you sit Gronk and play your TV two here?
0: I know. I start Gronk this week. I think he's he's so itching to play. He's going to get a go. I am interested in your thoughts on Tim Wright, though. Tim Wright traded to the Patriots this week, uh, and I liked him actually towards the end of last year. I think he was on a dingo roster. I mean, who wasn't on a dingo roster last year? But uh, I think he was on a dingo roster towards the end of last year when he was down at the Buccaneers. Tim Wright at the Patriots, does he step up and be that second tight end, the Aaron Hernandez, dare I say his name, style player that they've been looking for for the last couple of years to compliment Gronk and to take his catches when he's out of the, out of the team? I like the pickup. I like the pickup a lot. They were missing that element of their offense last year
1: when Aaron was escorted. Indisposed. Right? <laughs> and, and and Tim might be the guy. He, had, he was only a rookie last year, too. You're right. He came on the second half of the season. I was just about to pull up the game log from last year as reference, but for some reason,
0: ESPN.com's profile page of him lists him as a defensive player and only shows his three special teams tackles from last year. Classic ESPN.
1: Fix that, but I, I do think that he he's going to help there. And, and we know from those years where you did have Aaron. I don't want to say, you know, before the crime he committed, other he
0: killed a few other people, but they didn't allegedly, kill. allegedly, allegedly, allegedly.
1: <laughs> Uh, but when they had that 2 in system, it really opened things up for Brady. And with those guys stretching the seam, that's when Welker had some of his best years underneath, too. So I think that the Tim Wright edition could actually be a bump for Julian Edelman.
0: That's a good point. Uh, what else do you have for your storylines of this week The uh, big things that are catching your eye?
1: I'm going to be watching a lot of things this week. But the number one thing on my list is how the Bengals it's Baltimore, a physical team up front, how they handle splitting the running back carries. Jarvis mm. Green-Ellis was cut this week. R.I.P. Law firm. Pleasure doing business with you. Very sad. Former former member of many of my teams, circa 2011 to 2012. Well, they really believe in Jeremy Hill. They're the coaches at least are talking this up like it might be a full 50-50 split with him and Gio Bernard, who again is not a guy that likes to run the tackles. He's better at catching passes, but when you get to the goal line and there's going to be a lot of jump balls that A.J. Green brings down where he gets pushed out at the one and the two, Hill should be the guy. Will Will he get somewhere between 30 and 50 percent of the carries against Baltimore? That's one thing I'm watching. And another thing I'm going to be looking at is the pass catchers in Detroit. They've mm-hmm. really upgraded. Who's over there. they got your boy, Google Glass.
0: I love Oscar. Google Glass Golden. Yeah.
1: That's right, Golden Tate outside Calvin Johnson, and then they picked up Eric Ebron, a second tight end. You almost a Patriots like system. They have um, Pettigrew. That's right, they have Pettigrew, uh, the big guy from Oklahoma State, there as well.
0: So very quiet preseason for Eric Ebron.
1: Very quiet preseason. Rookies, I mean, rookies are something to watch all week one because they're going to come. They're going to come up slowly. It happens every year. And Gio barney we just talked about, first couple games last year, it was very quiet for him, and then he caught fire. There, there's a learning curve for these guys. And as you, you – know, I, I would preach to this. You're going to see a guy who you've never heard of, probably a wide receiver, go off and have 135 yards and two touchdowns next week, and he's going to be on the waiver wire. You're going to be tempted to pick him up, which is great. But the first thing you're going to look at is probably one of your rookies who didn't play a lot.
0: Yeah. And I would encourage, encourage players to think about whether or not to cut those guys because if you wait a few weeks, they could explode. Adam, let me give you a name that I think has disappeared from all of our memories, but he was a, a huge performer in week one of last year. The name is Jared Cook, St. Louis Rams Ooh. tight end. 23 points, I believe, he got fantasy points he got in that first week, and he got a couple of touchdowns uh, 80 to 100 yards. A lot of people just rushed to the waiver wire to pick him up. Some people were lucky enough to have him in the team already and, and benefit. Didn't do another thing all season. So again, I, I think you're totally right. Tread tread lightly on these on these week one results. Um, don't be the sucker who gives up someone who's going to perform for the last seven or eight weeks for someone who's had a, is a flash in the pan.
1: Um, Jared Cook forty percent of his touchdowns for the year, week one. I and I vaguely remember a a bald headed man coming into my office and bragging vehemently yes. about how he picked up Jared Cook in the draft, I think on auto draft.
0: Yeah, a bla- yeah. a blazing boldy, in fact.
1: But you gotta be careful and, and the thing is you look at that you look at production and you see this guy who put up one hundred and forty yards, two touchdowns, you look at your bench and you see that Bishop Sankey he's in the work and had you know, only 45 yards looks disappointing. Don't cut that guy. No. Don't cut Jeremy Hill. Don't cut Carlos Hyde if, if you think that he's going to break out in Frank Gore's place this year. Wait a couple weeks.
0: It's a long season. It's a long season, Adam. And we'll be here with you the whole way through. One last storyline that I want to run past you for this week, and this was something that broke today, uh, the Adam Schefter profile. On the Washington Post, a fascinating profile. I would encourage you to go out there and read it if you haven't read it already. About one of the NFL's premier journalists, uh, he gave a little fantasy tip in the middle of there. I don't know if you saw it. No, uh, his- oh,
1: I haven't had a chance to read the story
0: yet. What did he say? Oh, the tight end. He was so he was talking to uh, some of the front office down in Miami, and uh, and he was driving in the car with his driver, who and his driver is a big fantasy football player, and Schefter himself is actually a fantasy football player as well, but. Uh, so he's talking to his guy, and then he, he leans over, talking to the people at Miami, leans over to his driver and gives him the big tip for this year as to how Miami's going to get all of its points, Charles Clay. Charles Clay is going to be a huge in the passing game for Tannehill this year. So if you go along to the, our Thrill is Gone League and check out those waiver wires, uh, you'll see that Dingo has already picked up Charles Clay. Just on the odds, just on the sniff, the sniff that he might be the one. He certainly showed some promise last year. Uh, but and Tannehill, uh, he's gone to he doesn't hook up well with uh, is it Mike Wallace down there? Doesn't hook up Wallace well got with him
1: Big contract down there. Uh, Tannehill has a very nice condo in what I would call Check Down City. <laughs> and Charles Clay was on a, a few of my rosters last year. He's a little hit or miss, but you know, the other thing is he gets some carries out of the backfield. Too, he does,
0: yeah, he gets some rushing yards. And uh, besides our one of the dingoes and yours, one of our favorite uh, wide receivers down there, Brian Hartline, there's very little else for, uh, for Tannehill to throw to.
1: I, I would be more than happy naming the Brian uh, Hartline hotline. <laughs> or, uh, that might be a good, good team name, actually. I, you know, what I really took away from what you just told me, I'm thrilled – I feel better knowing that Adam Schefter has a driver because that guy is tweeting twenty four seven.
0: So apparently he's got <laughs> he's, yeah. a driver. he's got the driver and he's got he's always got two phones. He's texting with his BlackBerry and tweeting, I presume, and then the iPhone is just constantly stuck to his ear while he's just getting scoops, getting scoops. Half and man,
1: half machine, all legends. Adam Schefter,
0: love that guy. So uh, check out that profile. But that's that's the big storylines for this week. Um, we wanted to now move into a bit of a watchers' guide because the season's coming up, and we've got to work out. You know, you've got a lot of games coming up on this Sunday, and the first week it's a it's a barrage, and you're trying to work out how to sift through it, and and you're trying to remember your your mental state that you used to get into every Sunday to try and absorb all this all this content just coming at you at once. The seven or eight games that are playing at at one pm Eastern. Uh, so we wanted to sort of break it down for viewers to tell them what teams we think they should be looking out for this year and what teams from a fantasy perspective are going to be lucrative and good to watch and, and exciting. So I wanted to take a look at the, what you think and what I think the, the most exciting fantasy teams are this year and then also the least exciting and, and perhaps most stinky fantasy teams this year. So, Adam, who have you got? Who's your first team that you've got on your list there as, for your fantasy watchers guide as a team that you just should not miss this coming season.
1: Well, I've got I've got four teams, and we'll we'll volley these back and forth. Mm. Start with my number four. We'll count them down. But there's a team that's not on my list that we our, our listeners don't know this because we we lost it lost track. Of, it's lost its way somewhere in the production cycle. We actually created an algorithm to rank a lot of these teams. What well, we shit? Yeah, I should post that for each position.
0: I should definitely and post that. We, we
1: should we should post that. We ah. should throw that up. But I believe the number one team I had originally was Denver. And the West Welker situation, along with some fears I have about Monte Ball, is me pushing myself away from that. So wow. the number four team that I think will be the most fun to watch from a fantasy perspective, a little bit of a wild card,
0: is Cincinnati Bengals. Whoa! Oh, they did not feature in my top four. That's interesting. Wait, so you're, you're, hang on, let's just go back to, there's two things you said there. So the Denver, you're moving away from Denver. I understand the West Welker thing, but I would counter that by saying Emmanuel Sanders has had a fantastic preseason, and it's looking like a, a very, able, uh, very able replacement for, for Eric Decker, at least. But no trust in Monty Ball this year? You, had, you, you feel that the running game is going to suffer?
1: I need I need a little bit more evidence. Mm-hmm. I didn't see much in the preseason. I think that it's, it might be challenging for him as a young running back dealing with the pressure of, of being Peyton Manning's bailout guy and to get things going. And we saw Monte last year in a little bit of – I don't want to say he looked demoralized, but there were a few times where he fumbled the football and I didn't like his body language on the sidelines.
0: The fumble rooskies were, were difficult. Uh, to watch. I've picked him up in a couple of leagues. I think he's going to have a good year. But uh, okay, so we've got the Denver team we're pushing aside. But the the Bengals, uh, you see them as a top four fantasy team. Who do you think uh, is going to drive the points for this Bengals team out of interest? Do you think Andy Dalton's in for a big year?
1: I, I think that Andy Dalton is in for a big year. He had a big year last year. A lot he of did. people didn't realize it. Sixth, very big year last year. Sixth best top in terms of points. Top mm. he's, he's got... Two very capable running backs. Now we touched on that earlier. Regardless of how they split the carries, from a viewing perspective, you're going to see a lot of thunder and lightning out of those two. And I think that AJ Green. We already know he's top wide, top tier, top five wide receiver. I think that this this could finally be the year where he really really pushes himself to the top. And they've also got a couple of tight ends out there too that uh, that can stretch the field. So I think that this. This is going to be a team that speaks up on people as far as putting points on the
0: board. That's interesting. Okay, so I I, I see that you, who have you got there as a as a second great wide receiver? You thinking it's, it's Sanu out there and maybe Marvin Jones when he comes back?
1: I think I think both those guys and Mohamed Sanu, another guy that had a good year last year and can can benefit, I think, from AJ Green going going Calvin Johnson basically mm-hmm. and opening opening up some. Inside routes and getting plenty of first downs. And I, I think Marvin Jones, again, when he comes back too, That that's a very underrated receiving court.
0: I agree with you. Okay, I, they're not in my top four. Uh, my number 14 is the Philadelphia Eagles. And I, I have a lot of faith that Chip Kelly is going to take it to a new level this year. And the faith that I have is not so much in his coaching technique, but in, in the fitness that he's got these players in for this year. He's getting, had an extra year in the system. The players have had an extra year with his nutrition system, with his fitness system. I think they're all going to be ready to just pump out points. Nick Foles has obviously settled there at quarterback last year. He had the, the Michael Vick distraction. Um, they've added Darren Sproles. I really like Darren Sproles. I think he could have a good year out of that backfield. It does worry me the loss of Deshaun Jackson, but if Macklin can stay fit, and if rally Cooper can produce at a more consistent level, uh, and Zach Ertz can come on a little bit, I think that team's going to be dynamic to watch, both from just a football perspective, but also from a fantasy perspective. I think they can rack up a lot of points this year. I
1: I think you're absolutely right. I'm curious to see what three teams you have better than them. I have a little higher on my list. Brent Selick is an old faithful; it's still there. And then the name I want to give you, bounce the reaction off of, is Jordan Matthews.
0: Mm-hmm. I like Jordan Matthews. I I don't. I didn't rate him as one of the top five rookie wide receivers, um, just because it was a very deep rookie wide receiver class. But he's there in the in in waiting in the wings. If Macklin goes down, also he might get a spot. He might get a spot in the slot. Actually, from the start, wouldn't he? Is he the, is he their third wide receiver on the depth chart? I
1: believe he is. If he's not
0: yet he I think by week
1: three he'll be your slot guy.
0: Yeah, so he could be huge. They've also got half Josh Huff there who was big with Chip Kelly in, in Oregon and has an electric speed. So uh so yeah, I think that receiving core is is dynamic. Where did you have the Eagles ranked? I have the Eagles at two. Okay, so who did you have at the three spot?
1: In between since I the
0: Detroit Lions. Oh, that's where I have Detroit too in the third spot. What, what do you love about Detroit? Well, I think Matt Stafford's in for a big year. And uh, I would have taken him in, in some of my drafts if, if people hadn't been picking him so damn high. I saw him go... A little bullish. Oh, I saw him go in the third and I think the fourth round. And then I saw in our auction draft, someone spend about 35 bucks on the guy, which I thought was ridiculous. He's, he throws the ball a lot, sure. He's got a great arm, but uh, but he's not, he's not worth that much. If I could have... I had him in the sixth. If I could have picked him up in the sixth, I would have grabbed him. Um, I think thirty five
1: dollars, thirty five dollars in an auction draft. If you uh, quantify this for people. It's two hundred dollars salary cap and this is the same draft that I got Philip Rivers in for eight dollars.
0: Yeah, I got Nick Foles for twelve. So you know that's he's saying you're saying that his production is going to be three times that of Nick Foles or uh, five times that of Philip Rivers, which is ridiculous. He throws a lot of picks. Um, we well, threw a lot of picks last year. I think he's going to throw fewer picks this year. I think it's gonna really help to have golden tape there for him. Uh and I think I really hope that Eric Ebron comes on. Uh you've obviously invested in the in the Detroit backfield though. You picked up Joke Bell in one of your drafts. So you must you must have a lot of faith in their running game as well. I do. I look I think as a flex rb V three you could do a lot worse than
1: Joke like Joke Bell. <laughs> joke Bell. He, the Joker. The thing that he has the thing that he has is Obviously, Reggie Bush is electric, incredibly fast, he's a great pass catcher. He's incredibly fragile. Mm-hmm. So there's a good chance that Joy could end up getting all the carry girls said done at the end of the year um, if Reggie has another bust up with injury. But Joy could still catch the ball. He had plenty of catches last year, but he's a little bit wider. He's a little bit more physical. He's more built for the goal line.
0: He's certainly the guy I would but, take in that backfield. I would take him over Reggie Bush. that yeah.
1: But from a viewership perspective, to be able to watch, they're, they're going to line up in sets where you've got Stafford in the shotgun and then you have Joyke and you've got Reggie Bush both in the backfield and then you'll have Ebron in the slot and Tate and, uh, and Megatron on the outside.
0: It's dynamic.
1: That's so many options. But
0: yeah. it's,
1: imagine Chip Kelly coaching that
0: team. I would love to see it. I'd love to see it. I actually wrote in the, uh, if you go to fantasydingo.com and check out the long form section, uh, the hot, hot heat, five burning questions, and talked about Matty Stafford in there and suggested the idea of drafting the entire Detroit Lions team, which I almost did in the draft last night, Adam, but uh, but it was there were just too many other good players on that board because people were making such boneheaded moves that I couldn't bring myself to do it. So
1: how many other teams have we, have we covered here? Are we at number one?
0: Well, no. So I've got two and one to go. So I've got my my number two team, and then uh, and then we'll move on and see who who we've got as the number one. My number two team is one I think might be a little controversial, or you might find a little controversial. Uh, it's a team that performed incredibly well last year, and and some pundits are picking them to to regress a little bit this year, but I think they're going to push through and and move into a new echelon. Uh, the San Diego Chargers. Whoa! And he is... I, now, I... I you yeah, go ahead. Well, let me just... Let me tell you why first. Okay, so, the, I, think, I think there's a few, a few great factors in it, A little team waiting to explode down there in the, the bottom left coast of America. So, you've got Phil Rivers, who has, has had a year to adjust to the, uh, the, new, the new scheme there, and is looking more confident and better than ever. Out of the backfield, Ryan Matthews, who, even though I hate the guy started to really come along in the second half of last season. Danny Woodhead backing him up. And they've, they've also brought in Donald Brown there, which I think was a sneaky move that kind of went under the radar a little bit. Donald Brown, if Ryan Matthews goes down, could suddenly become a, a top 20 running back in, in fantasy. So I think their backfield is stacked if Ryan Matthews can have a good year. Keenan Allen is obviously uh, a, was a, a, the best rookie receiver last year and is due for, a, I think he's going to have a huge sophomore year. And then, uh, and then they've also got a couple of good guys like, uh, like Eddie Royal. Antonio Gates is often going undrafted in the drafts I'm seeing. It's a lot of Ladarius Green talk. I think that Antonio Gates could have a huge year again. Uh, he's going to see a lot of red zone targets. So I think it's the kind of team that is just going to move down that field, uh, sort of Green Bay Packers style a little bit, and, and just eat up yards and, and score a lot of touchdowns, score a lot of points.
1: I, I take this as a validation of my Philip Rivers pick-up.
0: Well, I got Phil, too. I got Phil in our other league, so so just to we, – we're both on the same page here.
1: No, but we're right. We're right in the same same train. I like <laughs> the bolts. I like the bolts too. I don't have them on my list because I think that the running back core, while deep, doesn't have a goal-line bruiser. Donald Brown is
0: close. We're calling – hang on. Danny Woodhead could be a goal-line bruiser if he wants to be.
1: Danny Woodhead – can can be a lot of things. It can and, be anything so, you want. I know he's I know he's a lot of special things, <laughs> very special things for you. If if you if you could have,
0: you could spend twenty four hours with Danny. What does the two of you do? Oh wow! Well, we start off we start off in the morning with a uh, light jog. I'd love to see. I'd love to get inside his head at training time, pick up some tips uh, for just staying fit. Uh, probably have. I'm seeing all of this by the beach. By the way, this is all down in like San Diego by the beach. Bit, okay. And then, uh so we go for a joggle on the beach, a nice like relaxed lunch somewhere, maybe a rub down, not a weird rubdown, but just like next to each other, just getting a rub down, just picking his brain about about football and then uh and then to the clubs, I think he'd be great in the clubs. I think he'd pull a lot of women and and probably wouldn't have to wouldn't have to do a lot to do it. you know what i mean what's he drinking what's he drinking at the club he's drinking he's starting off the night with uh like a oh, like a relaxed something very humble he's from Nebraska I found out the other day went to a small small d2 school there so he's he's drinking like a like a like an Alaska ale or something something kind of that's a microbrewery but not a microbrewery. and then um, and then we're just moving on to, to shots at Jack and we're just getting real messed up and probably going home and and watching some uh, some DVR charges and Patriots games uh, around 11 11 at night
1: it sounds like he was right there with you in New Orleans based on what you're describing, but
0: I hope it works out for you. I hope it does. Well, so I, I think the Chargers are in for a big year, but we're down to our number one teams now. I'm curious to see if you've got the same number one team as I do. I don't know that you do. Uh, so who have you got in your number one position this year?
1: It's going to sound like a homer pick, but I will thoroughly explain it. The Dallas Cowboys.
0: I uh, You definitely don't have who I have. That is... A ridiculous pick. A ridiculous and here, and here pick.
1: here's why I think the Dallas Cowboys are the best team to watch this year from a fantasy football perspective. We've covered Tony Romo in depth. I think he's going to be a top five quarterback this year. We know you're
0: a romance sexual. Did you pick up Tony at all in
1: any drafts? I couldn't. I couldn't get to him. I couldn't. Here's the thing. Couldn't pull I the trigger. Think Tony provides great value to people that got him in rounds maybe six, definitely seven and eight. But I can I cannot I cringe at the idea of drafting a quarterback before like round ten because again there's just so much depth and so many skill positions that you can fill and get quality backup that without without needing to pick up a quarterback. Bet.
0: Look, you're telling me that you couldn't you couldn't pull the trigger on Tony, and that's fine. It means that you probably don't trust the guy.
1: No, I I, I trust the guy completely, but. I look at the guys that I got, Philip Rivers, Tom Brady, Jay Cutler, and none of these guys were taken for round nine, whereas Romo was going in in the Thrill League. A lot of Dallas people from that league, I think he went round six. Mm. Far too early. Far deep. For the points he's going to put up, it makes sense, but you're sacrificing too much points down the line in another position. But the drafts are behind it. Hopefully your draft is behind you or you're – you're not going to get it in by the time the season starts. But <laughs> I, I do think the Cowboys are going to be the most fun fantasy football team to watch this year. Romo is going to be throwing up hellacious yards. Their offensive line is absolutely stacked. They've spent first round picks on the offensive line either the last three years or three of the last four years getting Travis Frederick at center. Uh, they've gotten uh, Zach Martin at right guard this year out of out of Notre Dame as a first-round pick, and where Jerry Jones had to be restrained from
0: getting Johnny football. We all know about that. Obviously, trying to get restrained uh, from getting anyone the defense, either.
1: Exactly. Well, I'm getting to that. Tyron Smith at left tackle now, the highest-paid left tackle in the league, I believe. Wow. Huge extension. Um, The offensive line is incredible. They are allergic to running the ball, but when they do, DeMarco Murray does very well with it, and it's good that his carries are limited because that keeps him Hopefully keeps him healthy.
0: Fingers crossed. Uh, I think
1: Dez Bryant could be the number one wide receiver this year. I think he could pass Megatron. We talked about whoa Has this gluttony of targets. Now Dez put up twelve hundred yards last year, thirteen hundred yards the year before, twenty five
0: touchdowns in the last two years. He's only twenty five. Is Dez in a contract year? Is that why he's going to have a good year, or is he is he deep he's in? He's not in
1: a contract year, but he he hasn't gotten his he hasn't gotten his extension yet. The Cowboys extended. Tyron Smith, they gave Romo a big extension last year. Dez is next, Mm. and he hasn't gotten it yet. So until he does, he's going to be in get-in-his-mode. And then Terrence Williams, I think, is going going to be a great in the wide receiver two spot. He, again, came on late last year, quietly had 736 yards in his rookie season, five TDs. And that was only on 44 catches, which is not... Not bad. That's sixteen point seven yards per catch. But my the, the the bow on all this is that when you watch the Cowboys, give me the bow. The defense is going to be on the field half the time, which means that not only do you get to watch the electric Cowboys offense, but all the fantasy players you might have on the other team that the Cowboys are playing are going to have huge days.
0: That's true. That's true. You get to watch
1: all those guys succeed at the same time. It's going to be games that are. Forty nine to forty two. It's gonna be great.
0: What was that game? Was it against Denver last year? 49-48 or whatever it was. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think there was the
1: fumbles in the last few minutes by Romo. Yeah, Romo threw exactly. for like
0: eight touchdowns and and one fumble.
1: Everybody, everybody has a party against the
0: Cowboys. Yeah. Well, I look. I they're America's team, and I love that. Uh, I'd love to see him do well this year from a fantasy perspective. Des Bryant, I'm not sure he's going to be the number 1 receiver though. I don't I don't I don't see him as breaking out as above Johnson or even above he's, Thomas or AJ Green. I, we,
1: we we'll take the side bet offline. I think uh, I I think we might be able to wager on this.
0: Okay. We should definitely do that. So
1: who, so who do you have at the top then? It's not a team that I've included in my top 4.
0: No, it's a it's a it's a less ridiculous team. It's a team that would uh, will actually perform incredibly well and consistently throughout the year in fantasy terms. And that's the Green Bay Packers. Uh, and I love Aaron Rodgers this year. I think he could be the number one quarterback uh, coming back from his injury. He could have been the number one quarterback last year if Manning hadn't had such a ridiculous year and he hadn't broken his collarbone. I know there's a lot of ifs in that sentence, but uh, but I think he's going to be looking really good. Randall Cobb is back from injury as well. And so suddenly you're, you're looking at a team which has Randall Cobb on one side, Jordan Nelson on the other. Aaron Rodgers throwing the ball, and Eddie Lacy running the ball. And so you've got a it's, a, it's an absolute wealth of assets. Those four guys, are Cobb and, and Nelson would be in the top 15 of your wide receivers, Eddie Lacy in the top five running backs, Aaron Rodgers in the top two or three quarterbacks. The only position they're really struggling is at, is at tight end. And uh, they've got a couple of rookies who are going to start this year. Of course, Jermichael Finley was looking good last year until he got – Awfully hurt. Was it a back or a brain or something? I. It was
1: a. They might have just not discovered the brain part yet, but it was a back.
0: It was bad. It was bad. But uh, R- Richard Rogers is looking good. He's their third round pickup, and uh, and he's going to be starting this week. And uh, and the other guy they've got is this guy. Uh, they've got Andrew Qualis, who I think played some reps last year, and then they've I've also. A little bit of a bigger guy, Brandon Bostic probably to do some some blocking. So, I mean, I think they could be it could be worth looking at Rogers on the on the waiver wire a little bit as the season progresses. But but outside of that, your your wide receivers just offer complete tier one stud value. Your running back as a tier one stud, and your your quarterback as a tier one stud, and even the defense is good as well. So they're, they're my number one team. I think they're just going to churn down the field. Like no one's business, I think they're going to be great to watch this year.
1: I like it. I I think that their offensive line is vastly underrated. Brian Vlog mm. has left back a lot of. The University of Iowa is an absolute beast, and he is going to be showing Eddie Lacy the uh, the
0: path to the gates of heaven fairly frequently. Yeah, here. I know that you can't put, think- you can't put too much stock in the preseason, but we I think we were watching a game with the Packers playing and. And Lacey just had these huge holes to run through uh, time and time again.
1: Well, he's also following John Kuhn, the fullback. Mm. Kuhn! Kuhn, out of Schippenberg University. Can you tell me where that is? Uh,
0: I would say Northeast.
1: I actually don't know, so I'm going to look it up. It looks like Pennsylvania.
0: Uh, well, if there are any listeners out there who went to Schippenberg, uh, hit us up on the Twitter, at FantasyDingo. And let us know where your college is. Oh,
1: Shippensburg Greyhounds, it looks like.
0: Love those guys. No, no,
1: Shippensburg Red Raiders. That's the high local high school of Greyhounds. Apologies.
0: <laughs> Apologies to all our Shippensburg uh, listeners out there for confusing your team.
1: Well, I, I think that what what we can come to in terms of the conclusion is that there are a lot of really, really good teams to watch. You've you're got players everywhere. And if you're trying to narrow down your games, you can't go wrong watching any of these teams. Quickly though, there's there's a few teams though that I, I hate. I think they are stinky on all fronts. I hear you. And as you as you decide what game to watch or whether or not a game is worth watching in favor of the red zone channel, <laughs> and the answer is probably not, <laughs> I would stay away I would stay away from these four teams.
0: Go on, hit me with your, four, from, your four stink these are the four stinkers of this year.
1: All right, so I've got the Miami Dolphins.
0: Oof.
1: Anytime Lamar Miller is on top of your running back, that's a huge problem.
0: Disgusting.
1: Uh, Brian Hartline is going to be on life support by the end of the year because he's got nothing around
0: him. We love Mike that guy.
1: Ball, probably Mike Wallace is he got paid. Uh, their quarterback situation is terrible. Shocking. Then beyond that, we've got the Oakland Raiders. Who Oof. Who have a real sticky week one matchup against another team on my list, the New York Jets. Oh my god. That's just unwatchable.
0: That's an so unfathomable matchup.
1: All those teams fail in comparison to one team.
0: So, who's your number one play, uh, fantasy player on the Oakland Raiders this year? Is it Derek Carr? Or is it James Jones?
1: I think it, well.
0: <sighs> or is it Maurice yeah, Jones Drew? This is there's
1: I, none of them. Can we say none? Can we say can we say the ghost of Terrell Pryor.
0: It's, de- it's definitely not the defense. Poor Terrell Matt Pryor Matt just Deleuze, got dropped by the Seahawks. That is
1: because he won't be playing. He'll he lose won't be, <laughs> zero. There's no negative.
0: He's actually worth picking up on that team. Although Sharp, it looks like won't be playing either. So he could be a a, a worthy pick up. He won't go into negative territory there.
1: It it it's a lose lose. I, I we talked about doing our draft teams and our pre-draft pods. The Raiders are, are one of those, but. I think the worst team from a fantasy perspective.
0: The New York Giants. Whoa, okay. <laughs> that is interesting. That's interesting. So you're not you're not a believer in this uh, in the new offensive coordinator a new time, turning over a new leaf. Eli's done it before, so why can't he do it again? Rashad Jennings in there. You know,
1: you
0: know what Eli's done before? Won a Super Bowl. That's true. A lot
1: of six, 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 sixes. Look, you're talking to someone
0: who, who rode Eli last year for the first six weeks of the season. Sorry? You're talking to someone who rode with Eli last year for the first six weeks of the season and was bro- severely bro- penalized for it.
1: I, I think that it starts, it starts with Eli. Mm. And what makes Eli worse than Derek Carr, than Gino Smith, slash Michael Vick,
0: is that... You, you, you want him to be good. Yeah, you do. His
1: brother is so great. And he's, he's in weird rapping commercials with his brother, and really lame people name their teams after that. It, it, <laughs> and, then, and then you see the Manning face.
0: Oh, that and poor Manning, Manning face. face!
1: I encourage you to Google immature Manning face.
0: God, and have... it's
1: just you'll cringe. It, it, so it starts there. Dave, they've, they've already got health problems at wide receiver. Victor Cruz is, is very talented but they they have to get him the ball and until there's anybody else remotely worth a damn in that receiving corps all defenses are just going to key on him. I I do think that Andre Williams could potentially break through uh, later in the season in the running back spot, but until then, Rashad Jennings, he put up some okay numbers in Oakland. But I I just don't I just don't see it from From him in a Giants uniform. A Giants running back really hasn't produced on a fantasy level since Brandon Jacobs, probably two thousand eleven.
0: I see the reaches for Rashad Jennings this year being similar to the reaches for Lamar Miller last year. I I think that it's gonna be real You wanna follow. Real painful by about round seven when Rashad's had consistent weeks of putting up five, six, six and a half fantasy points.
1: Consistently sticky. What about you? Who are you who are you avoiding?
0: Well, I've actually got four i've got I, the only team we doubled up on was the Jets, so that shows it's a, there is a there's a stinky core this year of quite a few teams who are going to look awful. Uh, the first team that I think is going to look bad is the uh, the Carolina Panthers. uh scammed, hurt, there's no one to throw to, and the defense is no good anymore. so the the heart has just been completely ripped out of that team. hasn't been replaced by anyone. And I think they're just going to look completely inept on offense. Uh, poor Scam's going to have to... He's going to have to run, and he's going to get hurt again. And I don't know who they've got as their backup quarterback. I don't know if... Do you know who their backup quarterback is right now?
1: I don't. I'm going to look up their depth chart real fast. So
0: it can't be I, good.
1: I, they just missed Mike, but I think that... Uh, you know, I think that Scan will... I think his health will be okay. The ankle looked good when he played on it in the preseason though it's not that many minutes the wide receiver core is abysmal and i i am not as high on kelvin benjamin as a lot of people no i think i've mentioned on a previous podcast about how i just unimpressed i was with his college footage and his lack of consistent effort well the other they, thing how they not how okay how are they not upgraded from Jonathan Stewart and D'Angelo Williams.
0: That's well, the other thing. The running game is awful. I mean, D'Angelo Williams is not that bad, but come on, like what? There were a lot of fairly decent running backs in the draft this year, and they refused to to take any of them.
1: It would not shock me if by the end of the year people are competing on the waiver wire to pick up Bozzy Whitaker. He's currently number three. He's a second year guy out of Texas, and did well enough for them to. Dump Kenyon Barner. Jonathan Stewart is going to get hurt, and Angelo Williams is going to be bad. So, it's not shocking if he bubbles up as an interesting pickup. But I, I couldn't argue with your
0: your choice there at all. So the Panthers, I think, are going to be awful. The uh, the Jets, we've already talked about, well, kind of talked about, but you know, the, Jets, say? They're just, the Jets. They're the Jets. They're the Jets. Some of the worst football you ever watch. And the only thing worse than watching a Jets football game is watching a Jets football game with Jets fans because they are worse than the team, if that's at all possible.
1: And, hey, you, you got out. Be thankful for that.
0: And I don't apologize to any Jets fans who are listening. I refuse to apologize to you so guys. Bad. Awful.
1: They cut, they cut Stephen Hill last week, who was a second-round pick two years ago. They traded up in the second round to draft this guy and cut him two
0: years later. I think he might actually be on the Panthers now, Finally enough. I think the Panthers might have picked him up.
1: Well, I mean, if, if you're too bad for the Jets, that's one of the only places that you could make a roster.
0: Great asset management there from the from the Jets, classic Jets move. Uh, so the Panthers, the Jets. The other two teams I don't like might be a little controversial. So the Washington football team is on this list. And uh, I know I'm going to hear a lot of, oh, my God, RG3, Pierre Garçon. That's my sleeper fun to
1: watch, team.
0: Alf Morris. Really?
1: Jordan Reed, yeah,
0: help Morris. No, I think they're going to have a disgusting year. I think that, that that organization is toxic. And they have. I think RG3 is not in a good spot. And he is. The, the team is just going to implode again. And they're going to look awful it's on the toxic. field. Do you remember watching them last House year? Business. They were dreadful, dreadful to watch yeah. last year. They,
1: they have an entirely new coaching staff, they've upgraded wide receiver. Same owner. RG3's knee has had a year to. Year to heal and
0: It hasn't had a year to heal because either. they they made him play last year. He's had he they made him play ten or eleven games and then handed it over to Kirk Cousins who looked good and then bad. It's I, I think they're in a tough situation.
1: I want to remind you how NFL scheduling works. There are divisions, fourteen divisions, you play every team in your division twice. That means this team gets to light up the Cowboys defense twice. They get to light up the Eagles defense twice. They get to light up the Giants defense twice.
0: Giants defense isn't that bad. Oh,
1: you, know, you know Justin Tucker's gone now, right?
0: I know. He's over in the Raiders. He's a Raider now. He's
1: gone. Yeah, Oman-Ura's in Atlanta. There's no one left there.
0: Okay, so the the Washington football team is one is one of the, the teams on my list that I do not think is gonna be if you've if you've invested in that team heavily this year, I think you're gonna have a tough year. And more so, they're going to, they'll score a few points here and there, but they're going to look disjointed and awful. It's going to be a, they're going to be tough games to watch. Uh, the last team that I think is going to have a tough, tough year, and again, this could be controversial, is the Tennessee Titans. And I think that they, they don't have, the they are just a middling, mediocre team. Jake Walker, it hurts me to say this as a, as a huge Huskies fan, but I don't think that Jake Locker, Bishop Sankey, one-two punch in there in the backfield is the answer uh, to their prayers. And uh, and I think they just they're one of those teams with a with there's a lot of work to be done before they become a a viable or a, a worthwhile fantasy team of watching.
1: They've got to figure out the quarterback situation. it is an absolutely fantastic pick. In fact, I think I might have overlooked the brevity of this, this roster. <laughs> Uh, Sean Green is currently their
0: Sean Green. I mean, even like Kendall Wright as With, I think their number one wide receiver. That's awful. I, he is I think not a great. Humberton
1: is the number one, but there. I I do think so Kendall Wright and Justin Hunter mm. both have a good deal of potential, but I don't know if if Locker's the guy to to help them break out. Now I will say that behind Locker is football
0: Jesus Charlie Whitehurst. Charlie Whitehurst, I thought you were going to go even deeper to Zach Mettenberger.
1: Now, Charlie Whitehurst looks like the type of person that could deliver a religious experience. So, <laughs> it, will it happen? No. I mean, it, creationism
0: isn't real, but maybe. maybe. Locker will get hurt. I can guarantee that. He'll be hurt within the first six weeks.
1: He you you might be hurt by the time anyone listens to this.
0: That's true. he
1: 44 hours before it will be live. <laughs>
0: Okay, so we just wanted to have one more team in this list, which is our wildcard team. Not the most predictable, uh, not the most obvious team to be a, a great fantasy team to watch this year. Uh, and I think you already spilled the beans on on who your team is.
1: I had Washington. I Washington. had Washington.
0: I've, I've, written,
1: <laughs> I've written and spoken about how I think this is going to be a big year for Jordan Reed. I think he could move real close to being the number five, number six, seven tight end when went all said and done at the end of the year. I like the Deshaun Jackson upgrade. I think he complements Deirdre well. Size meets speed. And the thing is, RG3, he doesn't have to be that accurate if Deshaun Jackson's just burning people down the field. And I also, I do really like Al Morris this year. I, I tried to get him in most mostly
0: tough, Alf Morris. He's small, though. I was actually thinking, I was going to ask you before, if there was a guy you can think of who's like Gio Bernard's size, who's been a very prolific and productive fantasy running back. I guess Alf Morris kind of fits that mold a little bit of the of the smaller running back who, who can really churn and and is tough and can get the yards and the touchdowns. He gets the goal line carries as well, often. Alf. He gets,
1: they have a couple speed guys behind him. He gets all the carries. I mean, he's had... I mean, this is He's had 2,880 yards rushing in the last two years. Mm. 20 touchdowns. Last year, now his rookie year is a little bit better. And I think that has a lot to do with RJ Three being a little more accurate throwing the ball. So if that can come back, you know, maybe you push the linebackers back and give him a little bit more space to, to create on the run. But it was just two two years in the league, so he's still fresh, and he's averaged three hundred carries for fourteen hundred
0: yards and ten touchdowns. Okay, well, we'll see. We'll see. I my, my, You know I don't trust them, but uh, <laughs> the proof will be in the pudding. Uh, the team that I have is my wildcard team, and this could be a direct response to the fact that I watched the entire Hard Knocks season over the weekend, but oh. it's the Atlanta Falcons. I, look, I, okay, so I
1: haven't seen... I haven't seen the end of the Hard
0: knock season yet. No, I I'm yet but to watch the season finale. Oh, is that tonight? That was is last that night, night, I think it was. Don't I think it ends with them getting ready for the first game of football? But don't spoil it for me.
1: I, I think they. I I have a hunch they cut some guys.
0: I think they cut. Some, I think they cut quite a few guys.
1: So what what caught your eye during uh, Hard Knocks? Other than the fact that it, it appears that both their wide receivers. Roddy White and Leo Jones can
0: walk again. Well, look. Let me just first say that this was my first experience really watching Hard Knocks, and uh, and while the Dingo's fiance was not happy with just the, <clears throat> that Hard Knocks was playing the entire of the Labor Day Monday. Apologies she to the Dingo. much
1: like American Gladiators. What? What? what she not have been a
0: fan of? She just didn't. She didn't really quite get the nuances and the narrative to the whole thing. Uh, but uh, I was I was really impressed with that television franchise. They they get to m- marry uh, Real Housewives of Atlanta with the hardness of football, mix it all up. Have Mike Smith there, who I think I have I have I had less faith with, faith with Mike Smith in the beginning, and then it grew and it grew and it grew until I suddenly realised he was playing a pivotal role there with the Falcons, mentoring these young men uh, in a really weird sort of way. But uh, but I I loved I did love the two wide receivers. I think they both looked very confident this year and fit. I say I say three wide receivers because Harry Douglas put up numbers in
1: the end last year too. And have you had you gotten to the third episode?
0: Mm. Wide receivers go bowling. Yes, I, I have seen that. Yeah, he looked. He had a very unique style.
1: He has a very unique style. He's basically throws the ball five, six feet in the air and just lets it land right on the lane in the middle. The, the swagger that he exhibits, the first time they show it, before the ball even hits the floor of of the alley, he turned around <laughs> and says strike.
0: Turns around, says strike and walks away. I it love that confidence. Reminds me of going bowling with you, but uh, but... No <laughs> middle fingers for him though. <laughs> there were no middle fingers from Harry. He, I loved his swagger. Uh, I think I think their running back situation is probably an issue. But uh, but Steven Jackson is the is the true heart and soul of that team. And especially that group of running backs. The odd, uh, sorry, the artist Steven Jackson I meant to say. Uh, he's not, he's,
1: I, I don't think he should take the art path. I think he should be opening Steven Jackson Park Boulevard in downtown Atlanta after he retires. <laughs> which could very well be
0: next summer. I like Devonta Freeman though. I think he looked really good, and I see I, he's going in a lot of drafts. I don't think there's been a draft yet. Maybe a draft last night, but uh, most drafts I see him getting picked up in. Uh, and then I I think Maddie Maddie Ice is looking he's looking sharp and focused this year. He sort of came into the camp saying that he was disappointed with the year before, as he would have to be. But uh, he's looking he's looking incredibly sort of keyed in and, and and mind on the task and his passes look crisp and and the defense looked good as well. So I, I think I think they are a wild card team. If you picked up Matty Ice, Julio Jones and uh, and Roddy White in your team, I think you're gonna maybe crank out a butt ton of fantasy points this year.
1: Were you was your opinion of their tight end situation also enhanced when you saw Lebein Twilolo playing the ukulele, which he traveled to Houston
0: with, well, I was actually more interested in seeing if uh, if Tony Gonzalez is going to come back. If you have a look, his latest statement is is a little cryptic. He says, "Tony Gonzalez says there is probably no chance of me coming back to play. Probably no chance. I think there's a chance." So you're saying Tony
1: Gonzalez? Tony Gonzalez also says, "I just put Tony Gonzalez in you a uh, quick Google search." just to see, you know, if there was a headline behind this, And the first thing that comes up is Tony Gonzalez, quote, Buck's going to be real good, quote. <laughs> so I don't know if I believe anything he says. He
0: uh, he is currently owned in 2% of Yahoo leagues.
1: He's still eligible. Is Tebow still eligible to be drafted too? I don't know. If you haven't handed in your, you handed in your retirement papers, then sure.
0: If you're smart, you pick up Tim Tebow this week off the waiver wire. Uh, drop that, that useless t- second or third tight end. Okay, Adam, the last thing we're going to look at this week is uh, some starts and sits. And this is something that obviously we will recur throughout the season. Uh, bring up each week some some hot tips for guys to start, some hot tips for for guys who you think might have a tough week. Uh, who have you got? Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll start it off actually with a guy who we've just been talking about who I think is going to have a big week this week. Uh, Matty Ryan against the Saints. And I think he's going to – the Saints are going to put up a lot of points. I think Atlanta might be able to stick with him. I think Julio Jones and and Roddy are going to have a point to prove this week, Uh, especially Julio coming back from that big injury. And I see Matty Ice going for 25-plus fantasy points this week.
1: 25-plus? Yes. I, I think that he will have a good game. The game being in Atlanta, outdoors in the heat down there, I think really benefits the Falcons. The Saints are a dome team. And while the offense should be fine for the Saints, but I think that for defensive players, particularly against a team like the Falcons, and might like grind things out a little bit. The, uh, the outdoor setting could fatigue them a little bit, and that's a good situation for Matty.
0: So who have you got there as, as a good guy to start this week in uh, week one of the games?
1: You know, I really like Colin Kaepernick this week against the Dallas Cowboys. For a lot of reasons I've already said, uh, Dallas, the defense is a disaster. And if it breaks any higher than 29th in the league, that is an absolute upset. And I think that, I think that Kaepernick is, is going to be hungry and out to prove that his dip last year was more flash in the pan than reality. And the truth is probably somewhere in between, but I, I do think this 49ers team is, I think Hardball is going to have him ready to roll, and I think the Kaepernick is going to be in for a 20-plus point game.
0: I like that. I like Colin this week as well. Uh, I think he could actually have a good season and could have a good rebound season from last year, being a little disappointing. Um, Wide receivers, I've got uh, I think Victor Cruz is in for a good week against the Lions. Uh, I think he's in for uh, one, maybe two touchdowns and 110 yards. Sounds like you don't trust that with uh, what we've talked about Eli today.
1: I I can't tell anyone to fit Victor Cruz because if you have Victor Cruz you drafted him too high to to substantiate sitting him. But I do think that I, I do think it's gonna be a struggle for him out there. I think that Eli's probably gonna to throw to the wrong team a few times. And uh, there's Dustin Gilbert, the cornerback out of Oklahoma State, really, really talented rookie. He he could be the, the guy that they put on Victor Cruz and if they do I think that he'll he'll do a good job. In the last couple of years with guys like Sherman and Patrick Peterson, that cornerback seems to have one of the quickest learning curves for rookies these days.
0: That's true. That's true. Uh, who have you got there, wide receiver, that you think is going to have a good week this week?
1: You know, I have a. I want to look for a game that, while he's on rosters, wouldn't necessarily be a go to to start. But I think if you're having questions in your flex, and Marcus Wheaton is on your roster.
0: <laughs> what? Wow
1: wide receiver two for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. I think that he this week going against going against the Browns and always shaky franchise. And the Browns defense is much better than their offense. But their secondary they have Joe Hayden who's a really talented player. But beyond that, I I don't trust the package and Antonio Brown is enough of a threat that I think they're going to be scheming his way. And Wheaton, who is a second year guy at Oregon State, real fast. I think that he is going to be a good compliment for Roethlisberger. And also with those running backs suspended, I think the Steelers are going to be looking more to the air game than normal. So expect Wheaton to catch people's eye. and thinking 50, 60 yards and touchdown.
0: I, I, you yeah, could be right there. I think they're going to be throwing that ball this week for sure. Uh, I, like, I like Marcus Wheaton. It's a wild pick from out of, out of uh, left field. I want to throw a question your way and I want to see if you would start or sit this guy because I think it's a classic example of uh, uh, one of those tough borderline calls. So say you've got, this is your running back three or flex position for this player, okay? Do you start or sit Maurice Jones-Drew against the New York Jets? I I think I'd
1: have to start Maurice Jones-Drew against the Jets. These were both Two of our don't watch teams, but
0: classic matchup.
1: Two negatives two negatives could equal a positive for you here because they're on an equal
0: playing field. I think I do the These same thing. Teams. I think I start him too. Here's another question for you. Jeremy Hill at Baltimore. Do you put some trust in the rookie?
1: I think that if Jeremy Hill is on the waiver wire in your league, you should absolutely look pick him up. I would not start him in week one. I'd put him on my, my watch list, so to say. And if he if he looks like he's going to get 40 to 50% of the carries, then as soon as week two and probably week three, he could crack your flex rotation. I think that his ceiling is actually an RB2. But I would sit him against the principal Ravens front week one and just go with the sure thing, particularly seeing that week one in a lot of leagues is rivalry week, you want to make sure that you put your best foot
0: forward. Always good to start the year with a win. Uh, anyone else you've got as, as big starts or sits for this week uh, as a as a big player or a big no-no? Uh,
1: I got. One, I'll give you one big player and
0: followed by one
1: big no-no. My big player players the Philadelphia defense at <laughs> home against the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think that
0: you know that Blaine's not starting this year.
1: Well, no, but Chad Henne is at least for this game. That's true. Blade two I cannot, I cannot validate enough that look. I don't care if you wait if you wasted a tenth round pick on the Seattle defense. Redeem yourself right now. Stream defenses and pick up what what is not a great Philadelphia defense, but for one week and it only takes one week. I look to a guy who did wonders with the Miami defense in just one week.
0: The Miami D pick up. Speaking Philadelphia, I also like Zach Ertz this week. I think he could have a big week against the Jags, uh, a breakout week maybe. He could be the Jared Cook of this, of this first week of the season. time for this week on the Dingo. Thanks again for joining us. You can always catch uh myself The Fantasy Dingo every Thursday on Drive Time Radio in Seattle. I'll be appearing around 4:30 p.m. on Press Play Radio, 11:50 a.m. KKNW uh with the boys there. Uh in the meantime of course you can catch myself and Adam here again next week. Adam, thanks so much for joining us. No problem.
1: I uh, can't wait to see our predictions turn out. We we hold ourselves
0: tasting victory, I hope, next week with all the wrap-up of week one, a look ahead to week two. Thanks again for listening to the Dingo Unchained. (laughs)